Pelotero Pickle, episode 37. We're talking about moving back the mound. Uh, big leaguers creating awesome moments with the fans. Terrible text from high school college hitters. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, probably the best of all time, maybe. And then we got a bunch of quick hitters in UFC. Check it out. Pickle, 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 episode 37, April 26th edition slash 27th. Chris, how you doing? I'm going for my, uh, I'm going full man bun. Let's do a bun, let's do a hair situation because you're, you got a bun. We got to get our, uh, give our audience what they want. Look at I this. got some, I got some strays. Like I got one, like that's, that ain't it. I can't really bun yet, but I'm getting close. Yeah, I'm not there, but. Full undercut. We got to undercut long hair. That's what the people want. Um, yeah, I'm good. Otherwise, I mean, it's still cold in Massachusetts, but other than that, I'm good. I'm going to bury the lead right now. I can't wait to talk about the UFC fights, but that's last on the list. You're a fan now. You're in. Uh, no, I doubt it, but I understand it. But lead is now buried. Let's get on with the topics. Topic number one, should the mounds be moved back? This is, uh, I believe they are doing it in the Atlantic League this year. They were, were they supposed to do it last year, but then COVID, or they were going to do supposed it to do it two years, years ago. ago? Yeah, they were going to do it two years ago when you were there. Uh, <laughs> the thing that's funny about this to me, and I tweeted about this, if you move the mound back, velocity is going to make even more of a difference. So the guy, like, there's going to be more incentives to throw harder because it'll be more valuable. Uh, pitches are going to move more. I don't think it's good. I don't think it'll get the desired result. There are zero scenarios where moving the, the mountain back makes sense at all, period. Like you should never move the mountain back because if it was that big a problem, then how come guys are still hitting 330 and 340 in a season? Like how come DJ LeMahieu hit 335 or whatever it was last year? Mike Trout's going to hit 400 this year. It, what I'm, like People are like, oh, hitting is just way harder. No, it's not. Hitters stink. Like they stink. Like, cause they're not, they're not doing the things that baseball was meant to do for a long time. Like when there's free hits out there, you just take them. Like Shohei Otani is modern Babe Ruth and he bunted for a hit. I love weird. it. That's strange. So the, 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 like, if you want to move the mound back, create a different game. Like I'm so tired of people trying to change the, the basic rules of the game. And I think I said this already. For like 50 years, the biggest rule change was like, oh, let's add the designated hitter. Now, in like the last five to 10 years, because revenue's down, all they've tried to do is make rules after rules. Like it, the idea of the pickoffs and the extra innings thing, the extra innings thing plays because it's more exciting, but it's just taken away from what baseball is. You're, so, get this I just saw a tweet. You know, you're going to love this. Uh, it was a tweet. Rob Manfred was. It might have been a fake tweet, but it might as well be real. It's real in my head. So Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, told Rob Manfred, do not speed up the game because the pace of the game is perfect for gambling. So you can do between pitch scenario like gambling. Like what if they make what if they increase the amount of time between pitches <laughs> because it's what drives the, the revenue? It, the whole thing is so disgusting to me. Because for 110 years, and look, baseball's always been a slow game. The, it, the, the issue, by and large, is that the, 
the offensive players are just not as good as they once were because they're they not as good as the pitching. I mean, the pitching is definitely better. It's faster. It moves more. You can't say it's definitely the strike better. Zone, the strike zone is smaller. You can't say it's definitely it. better because of a bunch of different factors. There's no pitcher that's as good as Greg Maddox that's pitching right now, other than maybe like Jacob deGrom or Max Scherzer or maybe Clayton Kershaw, right? Uh, like somebody else we're going to talk about, Corbin Burns. Like these guys had pin – like Greg Maddox had pinpoint command. And he had six to eight inches off the edge of the plate. And because of the fact that baseball was played in a way that pitchers were able to get calls and they earned calls for the longest time, you earned calls, you earned the strike zone that you were, you were given as a player, as a pitcher, as a hitter. So that was part of the game. So to be able to say like, it's the same argument, like the stuff is better. Sure. Stuff like just pure stuff standpoint I said this, I, I've told this story before. I don't know if I've told it on the show. The first time I ever faced Joe Kelly, he threw me a 99 mile an hour fastball that moved probably a foot and a half. And then he threw me a slider that buckled my knees and I stepped out of the box and I turned around. I was laughing. I was like, literally. <laughs> and Ryan Hannigan looked at me. He's like, what do you got? I was like, is this for real? Like, is this, is the stuff he's throwing up to home plate serious? Like I couldn't hit that with a six foot pole, but like Joe Kelly is not considered one of the greatest pitchers of our generation. Stuff wise, he's got the best stuff I've ever seen. Like throwing a fastball that moves like that at that speed and then throwing a slider that I can't recognize that makes me buckle. That's unfair. But you know what Joe Kelly's problem is? Like he don't throw it over and he tries to throw sliders on OO when he throws a hundred with sink. So he gets behind the count a lot. And then I actually ended up hitting Joe Kelly pretty good because I got into ambush heater counts and I would take my hits to right center field against him. And I think I finished like probably three for six, three for seven off the guy. Struck me out once or twice. I walked a few times. Like, but I, it, 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 it became a, a more comfortable at bat than it should have been. Right. Um, guys that have great stuff now don't command it as well as they probably need to. I watched, uh, I watched a Raldis Chapman throw. And this, this story came up with the Wall Street Journal with Jared Diamond, the Wall Street Journal. Jared had texted me or he had tweeted something. And I texted him back and I said, I said, no, we shouldn't move the mounds back. And, and I said, are, are, like, because the whole argument was, are pitchers that good? And I said, no, hitters just have, are not that good. I said, and he's like, well, what do you mean? Their stuff's better. And I was like, yeah, but how come, well, how come somebody can hit 340 still? How come that's still happening? You know what I mean? Because if that's happening, that means that people are capable of it. Like, I don't think these guys would hit 462 in 1973. You know what I mean? Like, DJ LeMay, you wouldn't hit 468 in, in 1950. Is that fair to say? In 1950? Whatever. 1960, 1950. Mm, 1950, I think he probably would. <laughs> you think he was going to hit 460? Yeah. Come on, stop it. What would, what would DJ LeMay hit in Division One baseball? Division one pitching, what would he hit? I mean, making that, but if you're going to say that, that just like look at Vanderbilt's pitching staff right now. You think the 1950s pitchers were as good as like Vanderbilt's pitching staff right now? Again, different, no way, different elements. Like, like, so we're throwing that hard, but even so, like, this argument in a lot of ways, I think so, like, the velocity component is, is a big deal. The I, I saw something the other day that said, you know, when Randy Johnson was in the league, there was like one Randy, there, like there's Randy Johnson, a couple a handful of guys. A couple of years ago, Chapman was the only guy throwing 100. 
Now there's like every team has multiple guys throwing nasty upper nineties, touching a hundred. Like it's just, it's so widespread now the average velocity. And yeah, you could say the radar gun thing is, you know, where it's being measured out of the hand versus halfway to play, whatever that article said. Uh, but consistently across the board, the velocity is way higher, like way higher. It's not even sure. close. Yeah. The, the defenders in the field are completely different. You think that you think guys in the 1950s playing no shift and aren't as fast, aren't as like explosive as the defenders in the big leagues now? You think LeMay is not going to hit 462 or whatever he's I don't think there's any chance anybody was ever going to hit 460 because the first time he got three pitches that were six inches off the plate called strikes on him, he would have walked back to the dugout and gotten thrown out of the game 12 times. Like the first time. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, it's just so it's look making the generational comparisons. Just, it just doesn't, I think the game's fine. Like guys need to hit better, just hit better. If Chris Chris Caldwell could roll out an independent ball and hit 321 and what league was that American. If I could do that, that means hitters need hitters can be better. Like, cause I got better. Hitters just need to get better. And I just don't think there's as much a willingness to get better and to do the things that you need to do to be better. So, so there is there's one rule change, one rule change uh, that I would like to suggest. I think on a walk, the batter should go directly to second base. This is another Twitter thing. Directly to second base. Like when did it become when did it become so fashionable to change the rules in games? I think if we're going to change rules, we can get creative about it. I think the two base walk is awesome. Takes a double play out of effect. Gets a guy in scoring position. Moving the ball around the field becomes like there's more opportunity to play baseball. Why? Double plays are so easy in the big but Why why are you going to why are you going to make why are you going to make a walk turn into a leadoff double when leadoff walks score more no, often a, than leadoff it's doubles do? It's a leadoff two-off. walks score more often than leadoff doubles. We need to fact check that. No, that's a fact. We need to fact check that. That doesn't make any sense. That's a fact. Twitter, we're going to Twitter claim this. CC20 Rake is claiming two. Wait, leadoff walks score more frequently than leadoff doubles. Last year, last year. Leadoff walk score. In fact, the leadoff walk score. You're gonna have to edit that one out. Edit time. Time elapse that one. The leadoff walk scores between 22 and 34 percent of the time on average per MLB season. Last year, 2,874 leadoff walks were issued, scored 657 times. So last year it was at 22 percent of the time, but it's been up to 30. Isn't, isn't the guy in second base like a 30 percent or 30 something percent? Leadoff double scoring percentage. Why is that? It's got to be higher. It doesn't make any sense. There's zero situation in which it makes sense. I'm telling you, lead off. We're going to fact check. Twitter will answer. Twitter will tell us. Hopefully, we have our answer before the show's over. Whatever. I'm just telling you, lead off walks. I know for a fact. I love when you're wrong because you, you, you're not good I, at being wrong. I'm just telling you that lead off walks, it's, not a, it's probably not a consistently year-by-year basis, but there was a significant portion of time where leadoff walks scored more often than leadoff doubles. And that was stated in clubhouses, talked about by hitting coaches and pitching coaches. Name names. Let's take them all down. There's no way that's true. 
How, I mean, how it was talked about, it was talked about so often that I didn't need to name names. So the point is, Bobby, it's hard to get two or three hits in an inning to score a run. But if you walk a guy and like you hit a double, like the guy scores. So like getting more than one hit in an inning is difficult, right? Fact. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Not a leadoff double. You got a runner on second versus a runner on first. It's move, hard to get move more over than hit one hit in how many? How many? You don't need to get two hits. You could. You could get a, a ground ball, second base. Yeah. How many? Ball. How many guys hit a ground ball with eyes anymore? How many guys hit saying. a move over ground ball? How many? How many times does that happen? I'm just saying, it's way more likely oh, that that, just that, that ground ball. The other night, the other night, Padres Dodgers. Yep. Four straight innings without scoring a guy from second to lead off to, like with the guy on second base. Four didn't, wasn't innings. like Clayton Kershaw up with the bases loaded and two outs. That was a different game. That was the other oh. one. Uh, the one, the one that I watched. Uh, Patrick was upset because pitchers were coming up in big moments. He's very upset. He wanted the DH. Should you? How about this? Go to have a DH automatically in extra innings games. How about we just play home run derby and that's it? Like <laughs> that's, whatever they're doing, they're doing in the Frontier League. How about how about like flip a coin? Like whatever. All right, just change the game, dude. Like I just, just make don't it stop no matter what and call it a tie and just walk away. I just don't understand changing the game. Like Rich Kevin was part of the thirty-three in the game. You're never gonna have like a chance to have something ridiculous happen where you play like a twenty. I played two. I played two twenty inning games in my career and two eighteen inning games. Like they're not so fun. You, where are you making the cool argument that you talk about it? Do you think that the story is better than saving arms? Uh, if, if, is it about saving arms or is it about giving the fans more excitement? What is it? Can we decide? Like, I don't, I don't know which one it is anymore. I don't I even know about it. I think it's both. I like it. I'm in for it. I don't mind what's I happening. With the run. I don't mind the runner on second. Like it's instant action. It's instant action. It's fine. Like which is why I like the two the, the, the two base walk. I love it. How about only an extra innings, though? There's already a guy there. You don't need it. How about but if now? And if there's a runner on first, you can walk him. If you walk, how about how about we make second base, third base, and we go to third first? I didn't, I didn't think about what would happen if there was a a runner on second, and there was a two base walk. How about I think, I think you might how, go first and third. And that's how about an extra innings? You run backwards. You got to go to third first, and then the second, third. You go to third to first to second, and then score from there. How about that? The other thing about the two base walk, I think you, you should go straight to second base. Don't go to first. I'm too much. Go straight. Go right by the pitcher and like I'm too talk tricky. trash on the way by. No, I I uh, I did. It's funny you mentioned that. I, I I talked about if I coached, if I ever had to coach first base in college, we would change it to coaching second. Did I say this already? Did I talk about this? Uh, I think I've heard you say that. But yeah, I I'm gonna coach think. second, and you just hey, just come see me. Like when you get on first, just steal every time. Just go stand behind second base. Yeah, because I'm betting they can't throw you out. Nice. All right. Next topic. Uh, Cole Calhoun had a really, I thought it was a really awesome moment. Went to catch a foul ball down the right field line, reached over some kid's glove, stopped his glove. The kid made the play. Calhoun didn't. And then he kind of like looked at him and they gave him a fist bump. No, but he looked into the dugout first too. He was like, like what am I going like, to do? That was like a, come on, man. And then gave him a fist bump. I thought so, it was fantastic. It was a way better reaction than Moises Alou freaking out on a ball that he jumped for into the stands when Steve Bartman got his life ruined. Like, Alou, needless to say, overreacted. And I think Cole Calhoun was like, man, I would have caught that ball. You probably shouldn't have caught it, but sick play. I think a very underrated piece of that was that it was, like, just beyond the net. It was, like, perfectly beyond – or, like, where the, that net that goes all the way down the line now. Yeah. 
like the the likelihood of that play happening was crazy. Did you see the mom's reaction? The yeah. mom was like, "Oh no!" And she's like, "Oh, that's so cool." Him if it's the, <laughs> the mom's reaction was my favorite part. Well, anything that can bring joy to a kid's life is awesome because that's what it's all about. So but the question, the, the big question for this is how much of this responsibility is on the players to do stuff like this? Whether it be, I just saw Mike Trout gave somebody like a signed Jersey after the game and was just like chatting up with the fans before the game. Like how much at the major league level, how much interaction is there between the players and the fans directly? Like just chatting. Is there time for that? Is it like you're in work mode where, you know, I'm at the office, I'm here to do my job. Where's the line there? Uh, the line from Van Wilder is the best line I've ever heard. Don't take your, don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out alive. The same way you shouldn't take. And, and look, it's different for every personality. It's different for every human. It's def, like some guys need to lock it in a little more. But you're playing a little kid's game, man. So uh, playing a little kid's game that's and your salary is paid for by the kids sitting in the front row. So you're probably gonna want to think about making that kid happy because the more you can create experiences like that. The more attached the fans are going to get to the game, the more attached the fans get, the more salaries are going to go up and so on and so forth. So, you know, I think it's awesome. And I think people need to just make sure they remember why they're doing what they're doing and what made them want to do what they're doing while they're doing it. Because if they did, they would put themselves in that kid's shoes and stuff like that would happen every time. Um, you know, it's hard sometimes because fans, there are times when they try to take advantage and uh, there are times when the same fans are, you know, kind of rude. Um, and, and you just never know which line you're crossing, like which one you're dealing with. But, you know, when that, when the bad stuff happens, you just, you know, tolerate it and take it as an aberration. Because I think more often than not, I try to interact with as many fans as possible. I thought, you know, you make somebody's day. Because I, I remember what it was like to be on the other side. I was very, very hyper aware of that when I became a major league player. So, um, and it was so obvious in Toronto that, you know, you could change somebody's the whole course of their day. Um, cause we were doing something special and we were pretty high profile and, um, why not do it? Is my question. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the outfielders playing catch with a fan. I think that's a cool one. When you get the videos, like there's one that Aaron judge is like playing catch with some kid. I, it's such a cool moment to be able to give that person. I did it. I did it a couple times in uh, in Toronto. I, I but I don't get enough camera time. Like I wasn't a camera worthy guy, but it's fun. It definitely is fun when you see a kid wearing a glove, and you go, "Hey, man, let's play catch," and they they just they'll talk about that for the rest of their lives. That's good. I love it. Uh, next topic: texts from high school and college hitters. We had a conversation about this the other day. Why don't you just? Get it off your chest. Say what you need to say. This should probably be its own show. Can we do like a weekly? Is this like, should we do our own like weekly social media thing where I think Patrick suggested we put the. the yeah, this is, this is a perfect TikTok series. Blackout. Blackout. Like there. player states, I hit a home run today, but I'm not feeling good. And should I make changes? All right. My, my most favorite one that I've gotten came yesterday, by the way. And nobody knows about this one yet. And it, this is one of my guys, like one of my dudes, like right here. He's like, hey, how do I practice Showtime and homers? And I was like, well, just do it. Like pretend you hit a homer and then like Showtime it. Like work on pimp jobs in your room. And like you have to learn how to be understated. But the, the best ones are when like, oh, gosh, I almost fell out of my chair because um, I'm so rattled. The best ones are like when kids are like, hey, I'm really raking. So like case in point was the one that happened last week. 
really raking, man. Like I'm three for seven with a bomb and flying out to the wall a lot. Like, so I'm three for seven, probably two flyouts to the wall, hitting everything hard. Something doesn't feel right. Like, should I make an adjustment or just keep going? Like, what are we talking about, guys? What are we talking about? What, what do you mean it doesn't feel right? Your definition of right has got to be wrong then, right? Wrong, right, right, wrong. I, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Yeah, it's uh, like if, you th- if you're three for seven with hard hit balls, just keep going until it stops. Like my favorite was always like, how do I stop striking out? I'll never forget. I got a text from a kid that said, how do I stop striking out? It's like, don't get to two strikes. Like put the ball in play. Don't t- don't chase pitches in the dirt. I don't like what. It's like not even a real question. Yeah. I, I, I get some pretty ridiculous ones. Uh, yesterday wasn't a text. Yesterday was another one. It wasn't a text. It was more of uh it was an in-person type thing. And uh, I'm sitting there and we're talking about some moves, some mechanical stuff to work on. Right. And it's, it's not something that has a drill per se. It's not like a, Hey, we're going to swing up because every drill theoretically is just something that somebody came up with that is kind of like a way to create a feel. And it's been three years. I've known this one player and he's like, well, you got, you, you, like I've worked with him for three years. So we've talked about a million different ways to address the issue. And he's like, well, you got a drill for that. And I was like, you want like, here, let me get you my bottle of magic pills that will teach you how to move better. Right. Like at the end of the day, like we as as hitting guys, I guess, we're like, we're trying to educate people at the end of the day to smash. Right. Like the, the only barometer I ever used for myself was, am I raking? Like, Am I, am I, do, am I giving myself a chance to get two, three hits a game? Right. Is that fair? Like when we were kids, like you just try to hit 300 and if you're hitting 300, you felt good. If you weren't, you probably didn't depending on what level you were at. And sometimes you could be hitting less than 300 and feel good. And sometimes you could be hitting way over 300 and feel like not so good, but like, like it was about getting hits to me. It was always about getting hits. I didn't care. Or, or, or hear me out on this one, helping the team win. Yeah. That, what about, about that? that? novel idea you play a team sport to try to score more points than the other team nobody talks about that by the way nobody, nobody. no like no kids text me like no division one college guys text me actually i lied there's one but none like none of the other guys are like they're all like hey you know man like i i you know lost a tough one today it's like oh we're four and 20 but like man i got my knock today i got my knock like what no, nobody yeah. cares if your team nope. stinks, nobody's watching you play. Except your parents. Yeah, and they only care about your at-bats because, like, they don't want you to be in a bad mood. But at the end of the day, they don't really care. They don't really care if you get any hits. So, really, nobody cares if you get hits except you. Because mm-hmm. your coach is going to play you if you're smashing baseballs and they're getting caught. Your coach is going to play you if you're winning and having competitive at-bats. So I tell guys all the time, like, you write the lineup card. The coach doesn't write it. You write it. But you're going to let the fact that you went, oh, for your last six affect your next 12. So, like, what are we doing? I don't know. I think, I think there's, like, a little bit of, like, we don't really understand what the objective is anymore. What are we trying to accomplish? Well, it's because they, they turn the TV on and they see the guy hitting 220. They're like, oh, well, his, uh, his OPS is high and he hits a bunch of homers. And it's, you know, they don't care about the strikeout because his production's there. The, they just forget that 
the major league player hits a lot of homers and they don't. So that's the problem. And to the point we we're just talking about, like there's a, they have like the true three outcome and the high school kids got a true two outcome and that ain't it. They throw a hundred in the show. Yep. Speaking of throwing a hundred in the show, what a segue. I love the segues. Uh, Jacob DeGrom. Is he on? There's people that are saying he is the best pitcher of all time right now. Currently. Is that premature? Is I feel like he hasn't, he's been good for a while, but is he on the best run of all time right now? He's really good. Like of all time though. That's a long time. It's again, I, I always shy away from making generational comparisons because what like define if, what if DeGrom went to the 1950s, how many people would get it? Define what makes the best pitcher of all time. What like what do we t- like? Is it wins? He gets, he gets people out the most. He gives exactly. his, he gives his team the chance to win. So what is the best pitcher of all time? The guy that is the most uncomfortable at bat forever, every time that he pitches, no matter how good or bad he is that day, right? So a lot of people said that about Pedro. Like Pedro, what's Pedro's career numbers? He finished probably sub three, sub three ERA. Yeah, Patrick and I went through a bunch of pitchers the other day. DeGrom's run right now is pretty serious. But I mean, if you if you compare stats like win-loss records, there's guys that went like 27 and 3. That's just never going to happen again. Yeah. Besides Pedro, the Mets don't give many run support. So Pedro Martinez went 219 and 100. So this guy lost 100 games with a 293 career ERA. Yeah, the the Met, why do the Mets never score when DeGrom pitches? I think it's like a, a bad juju. Like nobody can hit when he's there. Are they too nervous? They think that they're facing him. So I've actually thought about this, like in terms of like a player's energy and, and how your teammates feel around you. He must, There's something going on there because it's been going on for a while. The real question is, why didn't Jacob DeGrom get the big league till he was 27? Because he's with the Mets. <laughs> That's the best answer I've got. 77 and 52 of the career Two five five ERA, eleven hundred ninety eight innings. Got fourteen hundred strikeouts, fourteen hundred nine strikeouts, only two hundred eighty seven walks. It's pretty good, man. So, in terms of streaks, we looked up. There was a list of like top performances by a pitcher. Um, it was like Randy Johnson had a really good run. Pedro had a really good run. Uh, Kershaw had a really good run. There's like, in terms of more modern pitchers, th- what he's doing right now is way up there and let's let's call a space fade at the, in his age 30 31 32 and 33 seasons i don't think he's missed a start well now you did it 30 he had 32 starts in 2018 32 starts in 2019 like he had 31 the year before so he missed one it looks like um and then 2020 I mean, that's that's about right. 32 starts in a 162-game season. You just can't get any run support. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, it's really good. Did you ever face him? I did not. I was fortunate enough to have to, to get to say that I never had to hit against Jacob DeGrom. Like, and if I face – like, the next time I face him will be too soon. Yeah. Yeah, what Only- he's doing right now is – the my I think my favorite part about him starting games now is just Twitter freaks out. Everybody, it's like Degrom Day. In he his won. in his last three hundred and seventeen innings or eighteen innings, sorry, he has given up a combined total of sorry I, that's numbers wrong. In his last 
518 innings. I said that wrong. He's given up 96, 800, 400, 115 earned runs. 115 earned runs in 518 innings. That's like off the charts. Yeah. He's got a 255 career ERA. It's pretty well, good. Well, his ERA over the last four years is a sub two. It's guaranteed. Pretty good. Pretty one, good. seven, two, four, three, two, three, eight, oh, three, one. So yes, his run is pretty ridiculous. And I think that's my favorite part is that he pitches. He just keeps going, he just keeps going out there. So like he's doing something right. He so also has more RBIs than earned runs this year so far, which is just funny to think about. And you want to get rid of the DH. It's fun to watch pitchers hit. No, I, I like it. I, I want the I want the pitchers to hit. Hey, I was having a text interaction with Aaron Sanchez the other day because he's now a National League pitcher, and I'm wearing him out. He ain't got no knock yet. The guy's got four starts, and Sanchez is pitching great. But I'm like, Sanchez, I'm going to need you to roll out a knock, bro, because, like, you know, you're my friend, and I, I need I need to say that, like, you know, you can hit. He looks he looks the part, man. Like, looks good in the box. And get no knock. He's a good athlete. Yeah, he athletes are crazy. I love when I love when balls get hit back to pitchers that can actually field and don't look awkward when they try to throw the ball to first base and like uh, who? Oh, Kent Emanuel the other night. Speak of 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 D butts debuts. Um, Not that we're speaking of that, but one of the most rare situations in all of baseball came in after one hitter, one out, eight and two thirds. Yeah. And, and, non, and not a complete game. More, and, innings, pitched, more innings pitched than uh, Bumgarner's no hitter, but not a complete game. And war number zero to represent the number of days that he felt as if he should have been suspended. Weird. Um, the Astros were like all about wearing number zero. Super cool. The only second Astro. I cr- that's the first time I've cried watching another major league player make their debut. And uh, I was like really emotional. I talked to Kent the day before and the day after. But what I was going to say about Kent. For a left-handed pitcher, looked super athletic during double plays. Fielded a ball, like stepped open, sidearm to throw to second base on a PFP for a double play. And I was like, dude, you got some athlete. I like maybe it. He's a, maybe he's a righty in the lefty's body. Yeah, I think he is because he's not – he's like really smart and not awkward at all. He's definitely a righty. See what, ask what, side, what hand he writes with. I will. Find that out. Uh, so, yeah, DeGrom – Crazy. Emmanuel start or not start relief appearance. Unbelievable. I sent him a message on Twitter and he replied, which I appreciate. Um, Cause he's in the show now. He doesn't need to reply to people like me. He's a show. He's a shower. Human. He's a good human. A uh, couple quick hitters. Um, the Arkansas Homer. I forget this kid's name. I believe he's a sophomore. More. Something more. He, I loved it. The, the fans were, it was uh, Arkansas at South Carolina. The student section was chanting Oompa Loompa because he's a short, he's like 5'9". Stud, I, I forget if I looked up his profile. It's either Kansas or Kentucky that he's from. He was like player of the year. Kid's a stud. Uh, that I think was his 10th homer of the year. Arkansas is ranked number one in the country. Student section yelling Oompa Loompa and he just stands up on him with a, with a great sword dismount. Just loved it. I don't think there's a better bat flip than pulling the sword out your back and just flipping it down to the ground. I hate I, I hate the launch. I don't like the launch. No, the, the, the take four steps and then throw it thirty feet in the air. You it's could see how stupid. forced how forced so many of these bat flips are now. Like the the high toss and like 
when do I throw it? How high do I throw it? They're ridiculous. It's getting it's getting to the point where it's not even. I like it when it's emotional. Like that homer was emotional. Like f you, I just beat you, I just conquered you, and I'm gonna stand over your body. And and to the point of the text message that I got, practice pulling the sword out the sheath. Practice pulling it out. Did I ever tell? I did ever talk about my when I when I did mine against Mexico. And all the guys from the WBC, all the guys from Puerto Rico were like, you thought you missed it, huh? Like Lindor and, and Roberto Perez, because I was playing with the Indians that year. Like, you thought you missed it, huh? I was like, missed it? I was wielding Excalibur up in the air after I pulled it out of the stone. Yeah, you're I, a big hold it high guy. I was wielding Excalibur. Like, you thought you missed it. You looked angry. I was like, because I put my head down. I wanted to make it. I guess I'm just not a good pimp job guy. I always also, knew you got it. I always knew you got it when you walked out. Yeah. That was the telltale. Donaldson always used to, that was a good piece of advice. He used to say, if you can't show time after you hit a ball, like you should be able to hit a ball and know, and hit it out and be able to show time based on like, like how you finished. And I was like, yeah, that's true. So when you hit a pull side homer, you need to be like, like you need to be leaning on a guy, like your back should be turned to home plate. I, and I, I love the back out of the boxes. Those are, those are great too. Backing out of the box is awesome. I like when a lefty ends up in the righty's batter's box. <laughs> Yeah, they hit it and they just back up on them, and then yeah. they're, they're like just. And, and like when you can when you can round your walk out of the the hitter circle, like if you like Acuna did that the other day, I think he like rounded his walk instead of like going directly into the dirt. That's that's legit. The, the general rule of thumb: this is a Jose Bautista line. If ninety percent of the world's doing it, they're probably wrong. So anybody that's doing like the same as everybody else, like throwing it high, like I'm over it. Like do something cooler. Come up with something better because you have to be original or else it's stupid. Yeah, I'm. Um officially out on the high bat i've never liked them but like on the record stop doing it you look stupid take it to my death in it in a nine in a nine run game no less yeah it's it's just obnoxious there's no like uh, i just hate it uh dodgers padres some pretty good games again this weekend how many do they play a lot more this year I hope they play. They should. 19, 19 they, should the they should play 162 games. Those two. I just if they played every night, I would watch them. 19 games in the division against division opponents. So yes, they will play a lot more. Just it had just happened that they played the series early, and it's good that they played them early because baseball needed them. Um, yeah, I mean, Fernando Tatis made an adjustment. He so he got hurt, came back, was scuffling. Like had like five games, I think, without a hit. Like and then uh, I heard he had a homer. Him. He had a homer that first game back, and then he went on the struggle bus. Yeah, for about they a were week. talking about the adjustments, and it was clear that he made the adjustments. Like went to two hand finish, uh, went to like getting the foot down. Like a Harold Reynolds shooter. stated that you can't hit. No great hitters have ever hit had a two hand finish. Yeah, Harold. Uh, Except for like I, I went on a massive Twitter thread with that one. Like, Harold's my guy. We talk I about like him. Harold. Like he's he's awesome. Like good relationship with Harold. We hung out when we were up in Toronto. When he told hockey fan, fans in Canada that they were they don't know anything about baseball because they don't like hockey. I defended him one night when we were on the street, and I told the, a fan not to kill him. Whatever, whatever. Nice guy, but oh, no good hitters have had two handed finishes. Like I don't know what that means. Like and oh by the way, there's no there's no rule saying you have to finish the same way every swing. So you can finish with two sometimes and then with one another. Think about that. What a mind blower that crazy, is. Crazy, crazy. Um, there was a really cool double play, lasered at second baseman. It was a big play in the big moment. Some people were like, double play of the year. He knocked it down and he flipped it over. Mookie's catch was awesome. Yep. That was last week. 
Jake Cronenworth had the throw sinkers and struck Mookie out. That was awesome. That was last uh, week. A lot of two out hits to tie games that were like just it were like just so casual. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna take this game to extra innings. Hosmer had some big at bats. Machado had some big at bats. You know, Tatis went nine for three against two. So let me let me ask you this question: You're in the big leagues and you're watching all of like the fanfare and the excitement over that series. Do those teams like? Are you looking at those games being like, we need to we need to match this? How, like, there, it's now a rivalry. There's issues now like between those two teams. Like as an like, I remember in college when there was like a big game or like a big conference weekend against the the two top teams. It, what's that feel like in the big leagues? You watching scoreboards? Are you paying attention to that type of stuff? I no. When I was playing, I probably wouldn't. Uh, if I just if the highlights were good, like and they got thrown in your face, like whoever put them on their headlines. Uh, the geography is obviously important for it. I think that matters. Um, you know, the fact that the Dodgers have won the division, I don't know, 73 straight years or whatever it is, um, that matters. Uh, and there's star power on both sides of the field. Like, there are two teams that have ponied up and paid for players that have star power. And, like, dude, you realize when when it's going Tatis, Machado, Hosmer in that lineup, that's $800 million hitting in a row. That's $800 million. A couple bucks. And, and when it's going Betts, Seeger, Turner, and then Bellinger, that's like the equivalent of that, right? Like Betts making 300 and whatever. Seeger's going to make probably 300. Uh, Turner is like, he's going to make 150 before it's all said and done. Like it's just because he started late. And Bellinger's probably a $300 million player by the time he's done. So like they're star power, man. And like good for them for like going out to get, dude, just think about this. The Dodgers have AJ Pollock basically on the bench paying him like 70 million dollars to sell on the bench like that's a team that cares about winning and there's so a really good really really good article uh did you ever did you ever play against aaron bates or was he out yeah, before you got there he's with, he's with the dodgers now as a coach for the dodgers yes yeah there he had a really good article i forget if it was fan graphs but i read it and it was like it was like listening to like bill belichick and nick saban talk where it's like hey we're gonna do the most logical stuff ever and then we're going to win because of it. It's like, wow, these guys, like, that was incredible. You're going to do like, you're going to be rational and you're going to be like, oh yeah, there's different styles, but everybody, we want to get the barrel on, on, on playing early and we want guys to train correctly. And it's like, wow, this is groundbreaking stuff. So simple. Yeah. Don't make it harder. Uh, Randy, our guy, Randy, a Rosa Reina. Rosa, real deal, man. Amazing play. This is like the epitome of the don't give up on a play. How hard is the, is the roof at Tropicana? So dirt at nighttime, it's not that bad. Um, it, it, like, cause there's a dark sky behind it. So it, it, it's a different color during the day. It's so bad. Like, because you got like, basically it's like, I don't know. It's just a pure white sky, like a white ceiling, it's, it's it's pretty bad. Like it, it's bad. Um, Whose idea was it to build a giant white roof that's kind of like semi-transparent? I guess. Yeah, and then with the catwalk, it stuff, gets illuminated a little bit. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it was terrible during the day, and the, the catwalks are ridiculous. Um, they're they're just in weird places, very reachable. I lost a home run because of one of them that sucked. So this is a triple story. Go look up my triple off the catwalk in Tampa. It definitely hit the. It definitely hit the C ring. There's no doubt about the fact that it hit the C ring. It so like my my general rule of thumb in domes was like what like once it goes up, stay on it. Don't like don't if you take your eyes off, it's going to be incredibly hard to find it. 
um, because there's no like there's just no depth perception. You don't like, even in even in places like Toronto and Seattle and uh, Arizona, like the, the depth perception of it's difficult. Arizona's a little bit easier, but like it's actually cool to see a ball go up with that much like with a roof that high behind it. It's 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 electric. Uh, Tampa's just it's imp- if you take your eyes off it and you lose it, it's impossible to find it again. You got to get lucky and just put your eyes in the right spot. Um, that ball, I'm assuming it hit the B ring, and then and that's why Kiermaier lost. No, Kiermaier just lo- Kiermaier just lost it, and a Rosarena just sprinted the dead center field, making it a catch. Rosa real deal. But the, hey. uh, Kiermaier was like this right away. He had the hands yeah. up. The shortstop was pointing. Yeah, like, it's, back, it's back. Yeah. It's back. Uh, yeah, awesome play. And then uh, last quick hit, Corbin Burns now has 49 strikeouts and no walks through five starts. Uh, dude's nasty. I was reading an article about him the other day. I didn't know who he was until I read the article, but like, I feel like he like came out of nowhere, but he didn't really come out of nowhere, but he's just, he's on right now. But he really figured it out. I guess last year they were talking about what uh, his pitch usage and really understanding um, what pitches were most effective for him. So that's, this is a place where like, I really think, you know, somebody that took, you know, data and really applied it and started to understand like, okay, this is where I'm at my best. Again, what another logical idea. Hey, this pitch is really good because of A, B, and C. The difference is now you don't have to go ask a hitter and say like, hey, does this make sense? Like, what do you think about this? Because the different guys could see it a little bit differently, but um, good for him, man. That's, so I, I love when guys figure Crazy out impressive. How, how old is he? I don't know. I had his baseball page. Out. He's 26. Yeah. So, I mean, so he could be doing even, this for a long time, not even old, right? Like not just a guy who, you know, whatever it gave him an opportunity. Like, I mean, he was going to get the opportunity no matter what, because he got to the big leagues, I think it was 2018 and he was still a puppy. Um, but he had then 30, had, 30 games, no starts in 18, 32 games with four starts in 19. Yeah. But he had a rough year in, in 19. Like he had, I think, yeah. he, didn't he have like an eight or something? One and five with an eight. Yeah. He had an eight. It, it, and like they they just kept running him out there which is good because they knew he had the stuff it just wasn't applying it really now he's executing kudos yeah. to him pretty good all right final topic ufc guys legs are just breaking everywhere oh man the um the the broken actual broken leg was bad but i thought watching that guy hobble around with like the broken nerve what he just got kicked in the nerve and he couldn't feel his leg. He was numb. So I haven't heard uh, an, an, an update on the injury, but from what I've heard, um, there there are things that happen. Like you can get kicked in the nerve and essentially just get dead leg. Right. So that's what I was assuming it was. Um, I, from what I understand, he made a statement, but I don't think he necessarily highlighted what happened. Um so I don't know, but he just got dead leg bad and couldn't like, couldn't do anything. Um, would have been a really good fight though. I think too, it was a big fight for him. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, I, but then obviously the Chris Weidman thing was gross. Um, they were back-to-back fights. It felt like they were like, just not like somebody was tweeting, like banned kicks for the night, no more kicks. Um, I've never watched a car like a full MMA, UFC, whatever, like a full night of fights. I generally get uncomfortable when like somebody's getting ground and pounded. Like I just don't enjoy that. It's just not really for me. But also like leg snapping, also not for me. So that 
but I'll tell you what, you picked one of the best nights to watch an event that really has happened in a long time. Like it, 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 Daniel Cormier said it in the, in the broadcast. It's like, we didn't think it was that bad without the fans. He goes, we were wrong. Like it was electric, man. And the, the fights were all really good. Um, you know, uh, production you know, value was way, way different than what I expected, but it was, I was very impressed the way they were doing like background stories between fights and yeah. it was good. I, I actually, it was very high production value. Thug, Thug Rose, Nama Yunus, Nama Yunus, Nama Yunus. Awesome. She's like such a fan favorite. She's so cool. She kicked the girl in the neck, right? Yeah. And she the girl, it was like, it was kind of fun to watch. Like, so that whatever happened there, she went for the kick and the girl she was fighting thought it was gonna be like a leg kick. Yeah. So she like, she like backed up her legs and then just got kicked in the neck instead. She was, she was out. Yeah. Out. And she then went, she was like, she I wasn't out. Then. I wasn't out. And then my, my, my guy, my guy, George Jorge got knocked out. I was love. Mom. It's pretty scary when they wake up and they're like, what happened? Yeah. He's never been knocked out before. That's why ever he went, he was like smiling. Like he got punched and he was like, okay, let's go. And then he was out. <laughs> he's one of those dudes. that's like a bad man. Like he's a bad man, dude. Like well, a bad man. Like he's a, he's a, he's like a warrior, like never been knocked out 50 career fights. And, but like, he gives respect where respect is due. And he like, Usman is an absolute savage. Like this dude is the truth. Like he's one win away from being considered the greatest of all time. I think like, and the, he just keeps finding new ways. So when he was a division two national champion wrestler, and now he's like his last two fights, he's won by knockout. Like he's learned how to strike and bro. I mean, he's got, like, I think every muscle on his body has a muscle on it. So, yeah, he's a bad man, dude. Like, very, very shredded. Very, uh, he's like really quick and technical. But yeah, I, they say, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm about it. They say he's the hardest worker in the gym, too. Like, he, I mean, did he had the heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou, in his corner, just to give you context. Like, how many guys have other champions from other divisions in their corner? Like, yeah. and that's a sign of respect, too. He's a man. He's nothing you can say that's bad about the guy. He used to win fights boring because, like, he would win, like, the first Masvidal fight. Like, he just wrapped him up, got him to the ground. Masvidal was on a short – he was on six days' notice when he took the fight. But that was resounding. Oof. Yeah, there was one picture where he, when the, he was getting punched and it was just, like, just volumes of sweat. <laughs> yeah. The knockout – from his head. The moments, the moments were so loud in the arena – like because everybody recognized like they hadn't been had the opportunity to do it so long and city of jacksonville was great dana white's press conference after was awesome he's like thank you city of jacksonville we will repay you with more opportunities for this thank you for making this work and and then he buried the las vegas uh review journal it was funny dana white's a pretty interesting character i like him yeah and that's ufc that's talking us ufc it was good. I, I I don't know if I'll watch it again, but well, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad. I'm glad that was your experience. Since Patrick was so Patrick was like saying all the names, and I'm like, dude, just say like tattoo versus mullet. Like I, you're saying the name of the fighter. Like tattoo had a good punch there. Mullet had yeah. a good, good. Uh, uh, I just dropped an f bomb right yeah. there. Accident, but yeah. uh, mullet had a good grapple. Like, I don't know. What, I don't know what any of the terms are. I don't know what we're talking about. You should have just said Johnny. You see Johnny do that? Or like yellow shorts. Yellow shorts had a good punch. He's like, give me all the background. He's very into it. I get it. 
I get it. I'm, I'm probably not going to get too invested because I have kids, but that's right. Invested or vested? I'm not going to invest my time and energy into it. I don't know what the right term is. I have no financial stake in it, so I'm not vested. Good. There it is. All right. That's it. Episode 37. 37. Pickle out! <laughs> <laughs>